0: This is Sarah Slyer from Anna and the Apocalypse and you're listening to Without Your Head.
1: of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil and i'm joined by dylan holmes williams director of the devil's harmony which is playing at afi fest november 14th to the 21st well i'm sure it's not playing every day but it's playing uh sometime during that week it's very cool to have you here
0: hello so good to be on how are you doing very good how are you doing I'm yeah, really well, really well. I'm I'm sad it's not playing every day. But um yeah, unfortunately just, just twice, I think.
1: Uh-huh. Well that's still good though, because then it gives people multiple <laughs> chances to see. Yeah,
0: it's great. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, it's brilliant. I'm I'm very, very excited actually.
1: Mm-hmm. So I know it's a short, but can you give people an idea of what the Devil's Harmony is about?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh a story about a girl who uh, runs an a cappella club at her school, uh, and they possess a secret power, uh, which is that they can sing people into a state of never-ending sleep. Um, And she's kind of this bullied kid. She's been bullied her whole life, but she's got this kind of power that she's exacting um, against her enemies in the school squash squad. And so this kind of sleeping plague uh, breaks out in the school, and no one really knows who's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but she has a kind of crisis of of conscience at one point, and that's kind of the the story of the film. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it I watched it, and
1: I like the mix of, you know, it, it's presented very serious, and it's uh, like real life horror with people being uh, uh, bullied and stuff. Uh, but the whole idea of the singing stuff seems absurd, but it totally works within the uh, within the story.
0: Yeah, oh, thank you so much. That's that's great to hear. I think, like, definitely the kind of horror that i'm i'm personally into is is kind of the more the more grounded stuff that feels uh sort of of the real world um and i definitely was trying to kind of get a nice balance of um surrealism and realism in there
1: Mm -hmm. and uh, i always like a villain i don't know if you would call her. well i guess you call her villain but i like a villain that you can um you can relate to and um you feel sympathy for
0: yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like, an, uh, yeah, me, me too. Like anti-heroes, I guess, are, the, are my favorite sorts of protagonists. Um, and she, she, yeah, so she's got this kind of game plan, which is to kind of attack all these bullies and kind of get her own back. Uh, but yeah, she sort of also has a heart and she sort of has this romance, which makes, which kind of humanizes her victims, I guess. And so it kind of problematizes her, her kind of mission, and she, she, yeah, like I say, she has a crisis of conscience, and uh, and sort of has to kind of try and try and work away, try and try and find a way out of the, of the quite quite difficult situation.
1: Mm-hmm. You mentioned the romance there. Uh, that also, I think,
0: it kind of plays a
1: different uh, element. There is, even though a lot of people can relate to not liking like the cool kids and stuff, but at the same time, in a way, she wants to be with them.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's what I was like at school, right? Like a real nerd, but but always jealous of the, the cooler kids. Uh, <laughs> um, so I guess, and hopefully that's the kind of something that uh, everyone can relate to to an extent. Um, I guess we all go through life kind of having a sense of like jealousy of others or, or whatever. So that's, I, I guess the intention was for that to feel uh, quite kind of uni- universal.
1: Yeah, I was going to bring that up because I'm in the States and, you know, you're in the uh, England. And so, you know, uh, you know, maybe some things would be different culturally, but this is something universal, like you said, that that I think everyone can relate to: bullying and and cliques in school.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think you're right. Although, having said that, I think uh, for me, when I was kind of making this, the kind of tropes of the American high school movie with your kind of jocks and your nerds and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, was very much front and center of the way I kind of imagined imagined it. Um, I think there's like a sort of slight difference in the UK whereby there's probably not as strong a sense of like those cliques and those,
1: mm. those kind of
0: opposing groups in, in, in schools, I would, I would, I would I sort of think. but um, So it was kind of really interesting to kind of lean on those sort of genre tropes and, and, and try and reimagine them in like a British context. Um, and definitely the whole story was aesthetically as well. Is kind of, I was trying to do everything I could to make it feel not like a British school and make it feel kind of heightened and, and surreal and kind of placeless. And I think a lot of that, uh, we, we, we sort of tried to achieve that by, by again, by leaning on kind of a more American aesthetic.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why it was relatable to me since you were trying to go for an American uh, uh, school <laughs> and then the feel. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: It does that play a lot, a lot like in TV or cinema there, uh, like American, uh, school stories.
0: Um I would say, I guess definitely, uh, in terms of films, definitely, there's obviously, you know everyone sees your like classic high school movies, whether that's like you know or the Fish Breakfast club, club which, or orMo yeah or your yeah, mm. uh, eighth grade or um, Olivia Wilder's new film, which the name of which I have temporarily forgotten. but um but yeah, no, those films are definitely like very at the forefront of of what everyone watches. Um, and so, yeah, so I definitely, I definitely think there's a bit of a trend actually in the UK for for British filmmakers to kind of imitate or kind of lean into a kind of more American aesthetic. Um, there's a show that Channel 4 made with Netflix called The End of the Fucking World, mm-hmm. um, which uh, was a big, big smash over here. I'm not entirely sure uh, how it played in America, but um, that kind of definitely has, it kind of follows this couple who these two school kids who go on a kind of rampage around the British suburbs. Mm -hmm. Um, and all of the locations have a definitely very kind of American aesthetic and feel quite unusual to a British viewer, I think. And that's partly why it was so successful. Uh, Likewise, there's a show called sex education as well. Um, which I think is also Netflix, um, which, which kind of explicitly, uh, is set in a school, which has this very like heightened um, unusual aesthetic, which isn't familiar to us in the UK, but is is kind of riffing on on American high school movies. So I think there's definitely a bit of a trend. And when when our film came out, lots of people said, "Oh, it's very like kind of sex education or whatever," um, mm. which I which which I think was, was was hopefully helpful. It wasn't actually intentional. We yeah. we weren't aware of the project when we kind of made our film, but it just seemed to kind of uh, be part of a be hopefully riding that wave to a certain extent. That that light guys.
1: Yeah. Where did you film it? Was it filmed in a, in a real school?
0: Yeah, it was filmed in a real school. I basically uh, went on a bit of a kind of mad internet recce trying to find the perfect location uh, because, uh, like I say, like British schools are often quite kind of on, on camera, often feel quite kind of parochial and a bit low key. Uh, about American high school movies, is you know, just like a just a hallway is such an amazingly cinematic location because you have these really interesting, like fluorescent lights and, and kind of just that kind of like those receding lines and stuff. Um, and so I was basically trying to find a school which had that very kind of fluorescent, uh, clean aesthetic um, and then spent, spent a couple of months already uh, just trawling the internet and emailed. Probably people thought I was a bit of a... Pretty possibly, pretty possibly. And we thought that resting up wrecking I think, about in person we reckoned about 10 schools and then narrowed it down to this this one which had this very particular aesthetic um, with this kind of like teal light greeny colour scheme throughout um, and then we kind of lent into that colour as well for other aspects of production design so we kind of tried to make teal, teal and light green a colour that we threaded through for example in the squash courts we changed like the red stripes of the squash courts to teal and stuff. Um, just to try and create a bit more of a a unity between the various different locations.
1: Now, I saw you it's co-written with uh, Jess O'Kane. Is that somebody you've worked with before?
0: Yeah, Jess is a really brilliant uh, young writer in the UK. Um, Well, we actually met for this project. Um, The producer very wisely uh, recruited her. I, I, I sort of submitted an early version of the script to the producer, and he then said, you know, this is rubbish. You need a co-writer, <laughs> and so uh, got Jess on, and and she did a she did a great job of of bringing lots of the themes and the ideas uh, to the fore. And yeah, and so we're now basically working, and we became friends through that process, and are now working on and um, a couple of different projects together. Actually, mm-hmm.
1: was there anything that like uh, inspired just the original idea to make this?
0: Yeah, I uh, was editing the music video for an a cappella club about five years ago. And as I kind of watched the rushes on repeat deep into the night, um, I started to think actually a cappella clubs are incredibly creepy. Um, and they have this kind of um, very kind of like saccharine aesthetic and they kind of are really good at like moisturizing and like smile a lot. Um, but actually there's something really kind of unnerving about the way they they perform and the way that people get kind of locked into their to their singing and their vocals um yeah I, I don't know about you but i i've always found cappella music this weird thing where i simultaneously simultaneously find it kind of annoying but also it kind of like deeply inspires me in my bones like i don't know what it is about like group male singing that kind of gets me somewhere and and really kind of gives me an like a Sort of adrenaline rush and so it was kind of an, it was it was sort of playing on the idea of, of that weird disconnect I guess and mm-hmm. thinking you know that's a great starting point for a, a kind of monster in a movie and then obviously high school seemed like a logical universe for that monster I guess
1: yeah yeah that's interesting uh, do you know if anybody from that video uh, ha- has seen The Devil's Harmony <laughs> uh,
0: that's a good question well actually uh Someone from the video uh, helped us arrange the, uh, the a cappella music. Itself. Oh, okay. uh, so, so, so someone in the video uh, was like a musical director, and he actually helped us turn the melody that we, we composed for the music of uh, that the a cappella club sing. He helped us turn that music into a kind of more kind of uh, nuanced a cappella composition, basically. Um, mm. So they were actually um, sort of complicit in the in 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 the whole process.
1: <laughs> oh, pretty, uh, I know it's like a simple thing, yeah. but the the little lights on the on the singers, like when they're in the, the shadows, kind of like uh, that's a really creepy just image.
0: Uh, oh yeah, no, thank you. I I'm not quite sure where that comes from, but it's they're actually e-cigarettes. Um, oh really? Which people don't even smoke anymore? Yeah, because everyone everyone uses vapes now. But yeah. I remember when, when kind of like alternative smoking came out, mm-hmm. there were these like weird black e-cigarettes that you could use, which that seems to have gone like out of fashion or something. But I remember I just saw a woman smoking one in the dark once, and I thought that's like such a nice image because it's somehow both like modern and kind of it's got this kind of weird like mystical element to it as well. The way it kind of like briefly illuminates the face yeah um so yeah no i'm i i'm that was. i am glad you like that
1: yeah yeah now you mentioned my brother used to smoke an e-cigarette um yeah now, oh, now really? yeah i think <laughs> his was red but uh yeah it had, had a similar light now that you say <laughs> so uh yeah, yeah, yeah so uh the the lead in it patsy friend i thought she was great so um how, how did she get involved yeah
0: yeah patsy is just an astonishing actress she's absolutely fantastic um she, uh, I sort of was recommended to her by a casting director. Um, and at the time, she was mainly known for theatre in the UK. Um, but I saw some of her work, and she's just really, really compelling. Um, and she was so brilliant uh, on set as well. She was so committed to the role. And, you know, obviously, we were just trying to do this kind of little short film, and she'd done these massive theatre projects and massive film projects. But she had this like amazing level of commitment, which I think really, really shows in the performance. Um, I remember on the first day of rehearsals, she turned up with her script and it was like, there was more black on the script than there was white. She just like covered it in bio notes, which was like quite intimidating to me. I was like, oh my God, even I'm not that prepared. Like that's that's, (laughs) that's scary. Um, (laughs) It was great because she, I think in the performance what she does is, there's like a lot of layers. So, even though she's running this a cappella club, who are taking like revenge basically against their enemies, I think you can sort of see on her face that there's layers of like uncertainty and disappointment, um, and I think that's what she brought to the to the part so so well. And she then went on to basically win an, an Olivier Award uh, in the UK for a, a theatre show she did, which is basically like a uh, it's like you know the bastards for theatre I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But she was in this she was in a ten, in Summer and Smoke. Um, at the Almeida in the UK, and delivered this kind of amazing performance that, that won her, rightly won her all these applause. so we got very lucky with timing with that as well. So that that kind of all happened just as the film was coming out, which was very lucky.
1: Yeah. So what do you what do you do with the short? Um, you know, obviously it plays at the festivals, but w- w- what what happens to it after that?
0: Yeah. No. Uh, well, I, with this short, the the idea for the short was always actually as a proof of concept for mm-hmm. a feature film um so so it's that's kind of what we're up to at the moment really is is developing it uh into a feature film um so we've had it optioned in the uk with a production company and we're sort of just taking it out uh now for basically for development funding uh we've got kind of we've got kind of broad outline of of the story and we're kind of now pitching it around and hoping someone someone bites i guess um and when they inevitably don't i will be back in my room trying to come up with another short film or something but yeah. that's that's the aim <laughs>
1: yeah
0: so uh what festivals
1: have you played at you know it's obviously been played at afi fest but uh, has it played at some festivals in the uk
0: yeah so it it won a uh, best uk short at rain dance in the uk oh, nice. uh, which is a festival in london um and it where else is it played? Oh, yeah, it's just got nominated for a British Independent Film Award in the UK as well, which is very exciting. Um, so that's kind of like the, sort of like the bastards, but for more independently focused films like Death. Um, and then in the US, it, it's played like Fantastic Fest, and we won a Best Director Award there, which is very nice. Oh, wow. Um, and where else is it played? A few other places. Um, yeah, Flick is Rhode Island in the US, and... Uh, yeah, the name I I forget all the names now, but but, <laughs> but no, it's been it's been fun. It's it, it's a great way just to kind of like see other cities in the world as well. to go to, go to mm-hmm. festivals with the film.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started doing the festivals a couple of years ago, and um, it's great to see the movies. A lot of movies I I saw like then they pop up a year later on Shutter, but it's also really uh, it's really good to um, you know to to talk to other filmmakers or. Or you know, just uh, to interact with with people.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, it's it's brilliant, and you get like you say, you get to see films early on. Like there's a really amazing British film actually that I saw at Fantastic Fest called Saint Maud, which mm-hmm. I believe is also playing at AFI, really, um,
1: yeah. and
0: that's a film for uh, film that A24 have just picked up as well, um, and that's like an extraordinary story about a uh, a nurse who kind of falls in love with. Uh, a dying patient of hers, and then kind of goes mad with obsession and um, actually tries to convince this patient to kind of repent for her sins and become a born-again uh, Christian. Um, so yeah, it's really, really brilliant, and it's such a, like you say, it's brilliant to be able to like, get an early insight into what else is out there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I saw some stuff at Freight I was at Fright Fest last year in, uh, in London, and uh, like Anna and the Apocalypse oh, cool. was playing there before, you know, had a theatrical run, and so it was, uh, it was my first time ever in London, but it was uh, yeah, it was really cool to see a bunch of stuff. Plus, you're you're with all like equal-minded people,
0: you know that that uh
1: that are all into the same kind of things you're into.
0: Yeah, exactly. Where did you where did you visit in London?
1: <laughs> um, let's see. Well, it was funny when I came back, my brother was like, "Did you go see?" And he's naming all like the uh, the big things, and I was like, "No, no." <laughs> and he was like, "Well, what the hell did you even do?" But uh, so I had some friends in London f- from doing the show, and uh, they they actually s- sent me to a bunch of old like pubs. So, well, I, I went drinking at a lot of old uh, pubs, like uh, Ye old Cheshire Cheese was uh, was probably my favorite place. Oh, wow. It's very cool. Yeah, like, I, don't that's know if you've I guess we have been there. Yeah,
0: that's what film festivals film festivals are for, just like eating and drinking. I think so. Like, uh-huh. so, yeah, that that's sounds like it's great. Great time.
1: <laughs> yeah, since then I've stopped drinking, so I don't know. what, I guess next time I would just oh really? <laughs> drink seltzer thing, but but uh, I but I then I guess <laughs> then I can go see the the uh, the regular things like Big. Ben. Actually, we did go to go see Big Ben, but it had a uh, it was like draped over because oh. it was being uh, it was being like restored. So I just saw oh, a really? giant tar. <laughs> you know, that was it. kind of let down. <laughs> and I and I will say, London or England itself gets a bad rap for the food because I thought all the food was excellent.
0: Yeah, well, I, th- I think London's London's got pretty pretty good food. Um, but you're right; I think British food is perhaps not the most inspiring. But uh, we just like steal everyone else's food and like mix it together, and <laughs> and and that that seems to that seems to be quite tasty.
1: Right. Well, I think that's what we do here too. So that totally works. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why? Why the four three ratio f- for uh, the Devil's Harmony?
0: Yeah, uh, good question. I guess uh, a couple of reasons. Um, one is just like I feel with four three, uh, if you're trying to tell a kind of surreal or heightened story, or trying to build a world that is like anti-naturalistic, I guess, which is what we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. It just kind of because it's just a more unconventional aspect ratio for like a modern viewer. I think it just kind of primes you for things being a bit off kilter and a bit kind of unusual whereas if we shot it say 16:9 I think it would have been like a more of a leap for like uh, a viewer to have to make to kind of get on board with the rules of this like strange universe where everyone's like falling asleep um so I think that was that was probably the main reason and I think the DP as well just like wanted to 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 use it for like he, he just had this kind of like personal preference for the way it kind of frames faces and stuff on close-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of that.
1: Yeah, I watched the one because I really did like the Devil's Harmony. notes as you here and uh, so I watched the uh, stilts on your uh, on your Vimeo page, which I believe oh, is a, is is a public uh, link, so people other people can check it out. It is? and uh, I love stilts. Uh, it's uh, very weird. Oh, thank you. And it's also four point four three ratio but it, yeah this is, uh yeah. i don't know how to explain it but it's a very bizarre movie and i really was into it
0: <laughs> oh thank you so much yeah that's that's a film i've just finished uh and only came out about a week ago so i'm i'm pleased you've seen it uh but that's with uh channel 4 here in the uk so they uh kind of saw the 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 devil's harmony and then uh we kind of worked on this this project called Stilts, which is basically about uh it's about a, a dystopia where everyone's wearing stilts, basically um, and you follow the story of this boy who kind of wants to leave because living on stilts is not fun particularly when all the ceilings are very low so there's lots of shots of people sort of crammed up against ceilings um but yeah like you say like that yeah that's just come out and that was filmed for has programmed that so that's uh played in a few cinemas in the uk um and uh i'm not sure about festivals i'm hoping we can put it put it in for a run but um, because it, it kind of put it straight online, so I don't know how mm-hmm. that kind of jeopardizes your festival chances, yeah. but, but I'd love to, to put it into the festival as well.
1: Yeah. What's the experience like when you're at the festivals yeah. and you're watching your your own movie, you know, w- with an audience?
0: Yeah. It's yeah, it's really weird. I think like initially, definitely the first few times it's like unbearable and you can barely watch. Uh, and you kind of like you're digging your fingernails into your seat or whoever sat next to you, um, and uh, but then I think slowly, particularly maybe when you get like more bored of your own film, <laughs> you start to like experience it as a, as a viewer, and you're like you're able to maybe kind of have a more objective uh, experience. But it's obviously so nice when people like laugh or whatever. Cause, uh, yeah, in this film, The Devil's Harmony, there's, it's a kind of weird horror comedy mashup, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: when people laugh, that's always obviously like really gratifying um and nice to hear but it's also really interesting to to discover that people like don't laugh where you thought they were going to laugh and then do laugh at things that like (laughs) didn't intend to be Uh funny or like (laughs) are like accidental um and also again like there's a bit of a difference between like the u.s and uk audiences which is quite interesting um Uh there's some i think there's some jokes in there which are actually quite like like uk specific and maybe didn't land so well in the us and then others that kind of landed better in the us so it's quite interesting mm-hmm. to to feel that like that kind of uh yeah that feel those differences yeah
1: well it seems like a dry sense of humor which i in my mind anyway seems like it would work better in the uk but uh but i don't know maybe yeah i'm into that kind of humor so maybe it just works everywhere
0: <laughs> yeah 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 no it's great i mean i it's been it's to be honest it's probably had like overall like a better reception in the u.s than it has here like with festivals and stuff um so that's really nice and it's yeah i love america and i'm i'm, I'm actually like half american my month american so okay. maybe that's partly why i told this story as well because i have this kind of like <laughs> long-standing obsession with america i don't know <laughs> i'm just kind of fascinated by america as a, as a place and like i've always loved, loved being there and going there and um and the, and you know the culture of america is in terms of filmmaking and stuff is, is, is so fantastic so I think like yeah this 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 film is like definitely to an extent like a love letter to like American culture mm-hmm.
1: so will you be at AFI
0: yeah I'm coming out for the whole festival which is really fun so I will be there um, oh, nice. so yeah if you hate my film just pretend that you you didn't <laughs> like it uh, or, or don't tell me sorry and then right and then just say so it yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh no
1: so um, you said you you hope the hope is to make a a feature out of this but uh, are you working on any other projects right now
0: yeah so we've got uh, so I am working on another feature idea uh, also with Jess and we've been having sort of quite exciting meetings about that Um, and I've just also written a TV pilot that we're another friend of mine and I are sending around which is basically about a guy who discovers that uh, all his family and friends and everyone he's ever known in his entire life are robots paid for by his parents um, and then has to kind of embark upon this. He uh, basically discovers that there's been a massive climate catastrophe uh, and the kind of wealthy, like his parents, have basically like carved out these little enclaves uh, where, where they can kind of live uh, in safety away from the kind of climate disaster outside. But he basically gets ejected into the wilderness Um, and he's this guy who's never had to tie his own shoelaces, let alone sort of survive Armageddon. And it kind of tells the story of how he, 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 he tries to survive or, or fails to. Mm -hmm.
1: Hmm. Very interesting. What, what made you, uh, want to become a filmmaker?
0: Uh, if I'm, I probably actually seeing Mulholland Drive, uh, when I was like 19, I think. Mm uh by you know the David Lynch film um that film is just so spectacular um and does all of the things that I'm like interested in doing and so yeah probably literally seeing that film and then a few other and then I started to kind of get into like other filmmakers like Lars von Trier and Lynn Ramsey um and that was it yeah just being inspired by those those great Mm-hmm. So
1: you would like to continue to make like genre films, either like horror or or, uh, or just kind of weird stuff like stilts?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think horror. Yeah, like I said earlier, I guess I'm I'm sort of instinctively lean towards sort of grounded horror, so horror that takes place in kind of relatable settings. Um, but that's definitely what I want to try and do. Um, I think like, one of my yeah one of my favorite films of the last like five years was uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, mm-hmm. the Lampmoth film. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I guess that's kind of like the kind of territory I'm interested in um, stuff that takes place in a kind of broadly relatable world
1: mm-hmm. but, uh, but at the same time completely unreal with like the dialogue and the way people act so I can see similarities with, uh, yeah. with the Devil's Harmony
0: yeah absolutely I think I, I have to admit that Lanthimos is definitely a big inspiration in terms of like some of the dialogue and the, and the way people behave. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like some people have said like Wes Anderson and I, I like Wes, An- Where's Anderson, but, um, he definitely wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't someone that I was kind of like looking to imitate for this particular mm-hmm. film. Um, so that's quite, quite funny to hear. I guess it's cause like, yeah, we use symmetry in quite a few of the compositions and stuff. And I, so I, I can see how that kind of feels Where's Anthony, um, uh, but no, I was definitely more inspired by like, yeah, like people like and also the aesthetics of films like elephant by Gus Santan, mm-hmm. um, and Donnie Darko and brick and stuff like that. Those kind of darker stories.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see definitely Donnie Darko too. Well, I really, uh, dug the yeah. devil's harmony and Stilt, so I, I look forward to watching uh, more of your stuff
0: oh thank you so much and yeah you can see stilts on uh yeah like you say on my uh vimeo or or on youtube so yeah definitely check it
1: out very cool well i appreciate you coming on hope people uh check out the devil's harmony at afi film festival coming up next week
0: brilliant thank you so much for having me
1: yeah very good all right well uh thanks for doing this i appreciate it
0: cheers